0: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Did you guys see last week that someone tweeted us being like, do you guys drink wine during the episode? And I was like, does it sound like we do? Because we don't, but we should.
2: (laughs) We should. Yeah, we should. Let's change this cup of tea. Let's go, let's go, Come! Let's
0: be clear. Shrine of Duty. You're being interviewed today as a witness, not as a suspect. The official, unofficial podcast. My team
2: will get to the root of anything. Shrine of Duty.
3: Welcome to Shrine of Duty, the officially unofficial Line of Duty podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Rebecca.
2: And I'm Brendan.
3: This week we are discussing Line of Duty Season 5, Episode 2, and what an episode it was.
1: Definitely one of my favourites of all time. Absolutely, like it was jam-packed, full attention, and... Full of fuel on all of those conspiracy theories. I
2: loved it. Yes,
1: loved it.
3: Up there with the, the final episode of season three for me, 100%. Before we get into the details, a few honourable mentions. Thank you to, I can't believe I'm saying this, Spotify UK. <laughs> whoa. Who tweeted on Sunday night, let the officially unofficial Shrine of Judy podcast become your inside man. I mean, Spotify Sunday nights are exciting enough.
1: Yeah, we nearly died when we saw that tweet. Thanks so much for the shout out.
3: Huge thanks to Emer MacLyce for the mention in the Sunday Business Post. What a ridiculously mature publication to get behind this <laughs> like, drivel.
1: So glam, such a glam publication and she's obviously like an icon.
3: A literary icon. Absolutely Oh my
1: god what a complete ashing. Obsessed
2: Very um, grown up publication as Hannah put it
3: Yes My man was so proud Also shout out to everyone who's listened over the last week had the crack with us on social DM'd us or emailed us a theory You're all brilliant There's some great theories on social there Some really juicy observations We'll be reading out some of those mails a little later but first here's Brendan with a much needed recap
2: Oh lads the pressure of this part of the job it's a lot isn't it Yes I'm dreading it um, As Rebecca's
1: <laughs> edit It's like doing adhesives every week. Every week. It's like doing the leave and Syrup, but like obviously not as daunting because we actually really like the show.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So season five, episode two, (coughs) recap.
1: I'm getting comfy. And
2: I'm going to like try and just keep this as pacey as I can. Okay. Just to to go back over it. Okay. So uh, we open the episode with Kate and Steve identifying Manit Bindra's body. It's the same spot where Derek Hilton was found dead. Kate wonders if Hilton actually killed himself She questions that to Steve Of
3: course he didn't
2: Ted, held, uh, Ted heads to Hilton's replacement Andrea I think her name was I uh, caught it uh, She asks for ba- or Sorry Ted asks for like Access all areas to investigate Operation Pear Tree She agrees to that uh, A new boss fella Who I think was called Robin I had to rewind it like three times And he said his name really fast um, He says he's been brought in To shake things up Says the extent of police corruption Has been covered up for far too long For fear of losing respect Q Jill Bigelow She's Makeover a, sequence I know oh. So she's advising uh, This new boss fella Who I think his name is Robin It's Somebody.
1: Rohan Sindwani Rohan, sorry Thank I wrote you. it down Because we're terrible nail names,
2: we names We are terrible at names Okay so Jill is now Rohan's advisor She's got the new hair It's long and brown Gone is the blonde takes ages to make eye contact with Ted doesn't look up
3: you could cut the sexual tension with a knife didn't oh. he reject her
2: advances a few seasons she ago
3: she you guys prefer her the her... brown hair I know no. we put up our first ever poll this week and I'm raging right now we didn't do a Jill Bigelow hair poll
2: <laughs> we should have done no I preferred the other look
1: Yes, yeah, so did I you know me I love a blonde highlight yeah
2: erm <laughs> um, so, yeah, OK, so Ted's got the, the go-ahead to go and, uh, to investigate Operation Pear Tree and seize all those files. Um, Kate and Steve hear a recording of Manit promising to undo the wrongs she did on AC12. Ted orders her red notice to be rescinded and tells everyone that Manit died in the line of duty.
3: It was iconic, but can I just say, right, I am very suspicious of Kate. I'm not loving her at the minute. But her and um, Arnaud are listening back to those recordings and she goes... I feel bad now. And I'm like, well, not when she
2: died. Yeah, I know.
1: You feel bad now? Yeah. That That's the whole sequence of them identifying her body and Ted getting rid of the red notice that, that was had been sent out for her and declaring that she died in the line of duty. It was all
2: very emotional. I thought it was very emotional.
1: Yeah, because
3: Ted had tears in his eyes, didn't he, when he was talking about it. And it's the first time we've properly seen him crumble. Absolutely. And I was like, oh.
2: He crumbled a few times in this episode, actually, didn't he? Yeah,
3: he did it with emotional.
2: And I think that's the first time I can remember saying, them saying Line of Duty since uh, season one. Uh, Tony Gates. Tony Gates.
1: Uh, yeah. Yes. Tony you, Gates I, I can't remember being said duty. since So that. basically, Manit's uh, uh, kids and husband will get the compensation yeah. money. So I- in a way, it's... Like it's also kind of Ted's kind of bending the rules a bit there as well which I thought was interesting but it's for the right reasons It's yeah. because the recordings prove that she only went there to get more
3: information so they can say that she was there as an AC-12 yeah. officer Yeah
2: and Ted wants her to be remembered as someone that was trying to do good as Absolutely. well Absolutely Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay cracking on Ted gets stopped walking back into his swanky hotel uh, by <laughs> DCI Mark Moffat who used to work with Roz Huntley
1: I smell a rat Having none of us Moffat. Moffat Moffat
2: Come Moffat Ro- <laughs> <laughs> um, he's retired now And sure isn't he only involved In a kettlebell business In the Republic of Ireland As he put it no. Our local I was out. so,
3: I was so thrilled <laughs> With the shout out But can you guys explain to me A kettlebell business Like is he Like kettlebells from the gym oh, Well I think
2: so yeah Because then there wasn't there Now did I make this up in my head Was there not a logo Or did we not see something Later in the episode And it, there was a the shape Of a kettlebell
3: it's a kettlebell, like... The thing you swing. No, I know yeah. what it is, but
1: I thought it was an apartment. I thought it was property. It's a property development.
2: He did mention yeah. property. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's something to do with property development. I don't know if there's just a kettlebell on the logo. And kettlebell is the logo. So okay, is fair is enough. It's investing in a gym, fly fit and Dublin. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, basically, he... Uh, being Mark Moffat says to Ted, Look, I know that you were one of the ones that invested badly before and lost a shitload of money. Mm. I'm now trying to make sure that all those people that lost money now can make their money back. I want to help you do that. Will you meet me for a drink? Ted says I'll be back in a second. Now we didn't see their yep. their meeting happen. Mm. But we
3: presume he does because he goes on later on to talk to the wife about it. Yes. Mm. Yes.
2: Moving on. Lisa McQueen, disguised as a nurse, calls to see Jane McCafferty. <laughs> this is the officer who was shot in the ambush but wasn't killed. Do you remember she told John that she was initially Bad dead? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, laid up in the bed, Lisa McQueen calls in, as disguised as a nurse, uh, threatens her into giving information about a police movement of guns, which leads us to... Another ambush. Yes, another Anything ambush. to be said for another ambush.
1: Guys, Lisa going into the house dressed up as a nurse. I mean, it just echoes the dark night. Heath Ledger as the Joker dressed as a nurse. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, when she was walking in. I couldn't stop laughing, but I was terrified. It was, so it was like a laugh
3: of terror. Did you cop that the OCG, that little blonde policeman outside the house is in with the gang he bent. Yes, because
2: I, he
1: let her go up.
2: Yeah, I, I, I just assumed that. And John Corbett mentions it yeah, later on. Yeah, yeah, They're um, everywhere.
1: Mm, they're everywhere, those Ben So, covers.
2: John Corbett and the lads intercept a police convoy which is bringing guns to be destroyed. Watching closely, though, Lisa McQueen hesitates at the last second. She suggests calling it off because the OCG is outnumbered. Yeah. John Corbett's like, no, let's go for it. We'll crack on. They shoot the hell out of the convoy, but not one person dies no casualties
3: are you about to say this
2: I am probably am about to say this right
3: you say it first then
2: so one of the gang Lee Banks goes to shoot a police officer John Corbett shoulders him out of the way reefs him out of a flash. and then when Lee questions him John said he said like what are you doing and John goes well he was about to shoot you Well, he was also about to shoot him. So John shoots at that police officer, but doesn't hit him once. The police Mm -hmm. officer gets gets back in the car. That was the first hint, wasn't it? So yeah, I I think it's the first time that Lee becomes suspicious of John. And then throughout the rest of the episode, he throws him a few more more curious looks. There's just a, you know, in their like gang headquarters, both Lisa and Lee just look at John in a kind of a, mm, Mm. what are you up to here? Yeah. Uh, John Corbett takes Steve for a spin in his car After holding him at gunpoint And handcuffing him to the back of the seat
3: Someone on Twitter called that an acting masterclass From both of them and I couldn't agree more Like it's absolutely brilliant to watch Such an incredible scene Uh,
2: John says he's still undercover and not bent He suggests that Alison Powell and Hastings Want everyone to think that he's gone rogue He asks Steve if Steve will investigate Any intel that he feeds him
3: I'm obsessed with the idea that Steve has now teamed up with John Corbett behind AC12's back. I think that is such an exciting prospect for Mm. the next four episodes, meeting up laneways
1: and all this. I'm loving it.
2: Throwing coffee cups.
1: Throwing coffee cups down the lane. The thing about it is, though, right, with that situation, I I know we kind of. It's revealed to us that John Corbett is claiming to be, you know, a, a goodie. Yeah. But I'm very. I'm I'm still a bit skeptical about him at the moment. I'm like, are you a villain or a hero? Do you know what I mean? Because he's telling he's telling Lisa that he wants money, power and respect and it's so convincing. And then he's like to Steve, oh, I'm as straight as straight narrow. I'm carrying it all on my own. I'm like, are you just manipulating Steve to have him on your side to feed you intel because you knew that they were on to you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm I still on- a bit... I'm just still a bit, I think that his character is like a delicious onion. There's just so many layers (laughs) and I feel like we're going to keep seeing more and more layers. I don't think it's as simple as it's been laid out for us in episode two. Sorry, go
3: on.
2: I'm still looking at Lisa though, going, she's like a double undercover, overcover, Uh, something. Absolutely. She's not all she seems to be. No. And she says, maybe I will have this coming. She says at one point, that she has earned her time in the gang she's like you're only here a year I've earned my place she was there before he was Absolutely. so was she an undercover officer before and then he was brought in to investigate her I don't know
1: and then she mentions Tommy Hunter as well yeah oh you know? my god
2: yeah um, Ted and the wife meet in a bar he's mad for them to give it another go um, she tells him that she's met somebody else Oh, he's devastated this is another point where he crumbles again in this episode yeah, so um, she tells him that he has to sign the divorce papers that she's met somebody else now somebody else somebody else now I see. I, somebody I, else for you.
1: is it Moffat Moffat
2: now I think it's somebody else And I have a theory on that, so I'll tell you later.
1: We'll get to that in the theories, but my God, the Gammy Hotel became Heartbreak Hotel in that episode. It was very sad. Yeah, it did. Their hug where they were about crying was devastating, actually. It was. It
2: really was. Lisa McQueen calls John Corbett to answer questions that are being sent anonymously over a web chat. MSN,
1: MSN Messenger Part Two. <laughs> 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 was it, MSN? Oh no, we. I just love it because it reminds me of being thirteen, being like, yeah. "Oh my god, sign in again and see if someone I fancy will write to me."
2: <laughs> so they had the knockoff Tinder last week and the knockoff MSN this week.
1: All about the social.
2: Um. So I mean, I assumed that this anonymous person was whoever H is.
3: Yeah, top dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um.
3: Well, he's given the orders and he's calling the shots.
2: Yeah. So later in the episode, a shot of Ted in his gorgeous hotel room deliberately shows a laptop in the right-hand corner of the picture with a very similar-looking web chat opened. But I mean, again, is it being made too obvious?
1: They slapped us across the face with it yeah. They did. And it wasn't just like, Oh my god, I noticed that. I was sitting in a room with two other people with two of my friends. Yeah. Um and, and they were like, Oh, look at the look at the chat screen. You know, it wasn't it was almost too obvious. Yeah. It wasn't just a little like flicker in the background.
2: I think so. I think so.
1: Yeah, we we're gonna come back to that in our theory okay. later on. Okay.
2: Um after John Corbett tells Steve that Jay McCafferty is bent, AC twelve monitor her house, when Lee Banks turns up to visit her in her sick bed, just to check how she's doing, um AC12 raid the place, find an envelope full of cash in her bedside locker, and arrest her.
3: She needs to have a word with her husband. Yeah, she's been shot. <laughs> there is a police van stand outside the door, and he will let every Tom, Dick, and Harry and OCG <laughs> member up it not was even even into, into the animals. house, up
1: to the bedroom. Yeah, all up straight away straight in the door. This, the this is another thing. This is another thing that I'm still a bit unsure about. About um. John Corbett slash Clayton. Go on. He told Steve. You know, he told Steve almost. He kind of tipped him off with all that to, to set up your man. Who was exactly? Becoming because your of man's him. suspicious of him. But I'm yeah. like, are you still playing both
3: sides, John? No, you know me. I might be a little bit. Um, what's the word?
2: Bias.
1: Bias. I know. <laughs> But uh, now I believe him. But guys, that scene that he was on the phone to the wife and to asked could wife, he yeah. hear the oh daughter sleeping—I mean, it was—it was just my heart bro. You could feel his character crumble or his facade crumble, and it just felt so raw in that moment. And it had no sound. It was just—it's incredible. Remember, we spoke about what good an actor he is at the start of this, and you guys hadn't seen him in much.
3: But my yeah. God, you could just watch him all day. Absolutely. I
2: think the wife is probably going to come into it more as well with the the hidden mobile underneath the great actress to Kate
1: she's thrown shade at Kate she's like yeah Yeah. you'd know you're undercover selfish she seems to oh my god that was
2: hilarious
3: oh "Oh, that is a bit personal she seems to be credited for the next four
2: and Steve then was like oh no you know what she said earlier that's not why your marriage (laughs) went to shit (laughs) for four seasons of this show um Okay, so Jane is arrested, hurled out of that sick bed and thrown into the interview room.
1: Oh, reefed.
2: Are we ready?
1: Come on now, let's get to it.
2: Okay. So she's only being questioned by Steve and Kate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why is Ted not in that interview?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's a really good point. Did you come up with that, Brent? Yeah. <gasps> that's a really I deliberately good
2: point. not read any theories this week. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well we'll get we'll we'll give you a few in a few minutes. Oh yeah,
2: I'm dying for them. Um Okay so Jane admits she was giving Corbett's gang information she'd had an affair and was being bribed so they'd CCTV footage of her in a car park a pub car park she deliberately said and then I was like now am I overthinking everything but wasn't Dryden in a pub car park with yes. Cardi yeah. Kirk yes. so who was she having the affair with I don't mm, know Are you even bit? on line
3: of duty if you haven't got gambling problems or, or have had an affair
2: Yeah i <laughs> mean <laughs> shacking someone in a pub car park Um She tells Kate and Steve about Lisa McQueen coming to threaten her dressed as a nurse uh, but says she wasn't the person who first recruited her. At this point the camera keeps cutting to Ted who's pacing his office across the floor and staring in at the interview room. You can can feel the
1: panic off him.
2: It's so intense. Right? Kate goes you know for the purposes of the tape D.I. Kate Fleming leaving the interview room Runs across the floor. Ted is staring at her. He's like, I'm sweating.
1: Yeah, we're all pacing. He's at like, that bitch. Stage. You better not pull out me picture.
2: Right. We knew
1: where she was going. Yeah, we did. Didn't we, we knew she's legging it over
2: straight into that room that's got the wall of all the, the pictures of all the suspects that could could be h. Yes. That's been up and down more than I don't know what. <laughs> right. So we clearly see her take down pictures of DC Jeremy Cole dead. Dead. Dot. Dead.
1: Mm-hmm. inflection D- <laughs>
2: <laughs> DS Manish Prasad who Lindsay Denton pinned up against the wall with her car
3: yes was helping the police he, he got got immunity immunity gone rogue. and now he's
1: rogue is he when did he go rogue
3: we didn't see it I think it was like the last time we seen him he got immunity and he was yeah. given an interview I, did I not hear or read that he's rogue I'm, I'm not know.
2: entirely sure I'm not sure okay. the last I saw of him he was in a hospital bed yeah. recovering and agreed to possibly rogue. could yeah. be making it up the other picture she took off the wall was Fairbank he
1: is the one that Ted had the, the handshake, handshake with yeah and he was involved with the paedophile the ring. one with the sideburns he's a liar he's yeah. a with the mutton pedophile. chops is that what you call them he's yeah. mutton, mutton chops <laughs> yeah.
2: and ACC Derek Hilton also dead she then goes to a drawer, so that's five pictures. She yeah. then goes to a drawer which is labelled "Current AC12 Personnel." Who I else know.
3: rewound that bit? Because I had to go back. Oh, yeah. I was like, "What does that say?" What Slaps does that say across the face with a
1: jet? Yeah. At this
2: point, Ted is staring. You can
1: feel the stress right? emanating He's out of his pores. You know, Rubbing the face. Absolutely.
2: Kate brings six photos back into the interview room, lays them out on the table in front of Jay McCafferty. She then names them. She's going, "KF1." KF2 What's KF? KF uh, uh, You have to give each bit of evidence I suppose a uh, uh, Co- like a code, oh, a code so I don't know if she comes yeah, up with KF Remember Ross
1: Huntley was changing it around last Yeah season. there was KG13 oh, kg yeah. G KG thirty yes. and 30. Yeah. yeah so
2: KF Yeah I'm not sure it's just it's just the, the file name Now I again totally overthought this but I because I, when you listen to her she goes she lists off KF1, KF2, KF3, KF5 oh. and KF6 you don't hear her say KF4 so I was like <gasps> but yeah. then when I watched it back it's actually just the way it's shot the camera goes outside of the room and looks to back look in like and her mouth moves but you just don't okay. hear her say yeah, so it so you kind of so. see
1: what Ted's seeing almost <laughs> so calm
2: down Brendan <laughs> know, we're all on edge um, so uh, Kate tells Jane that and this is the bit so she's pulled out one picture of a serving AC12 officer but she then says the following thing yeah, to this Jane. Yeah, me. She says, "In front of you are all six people pictured in front of you are known to be part of a network of corrupt officers. So that includes one serving yeah. AC12 member." Yeah. She then asks Jane if she can see the person who recruit, recruited her. Jane points at one picture. We can't see who it is. Steve and Kate stare at each other. Ted is staring from his office. Everyone looks exasperated and I am done.
1: That was absolutely brilliant, Brendan. So well written. Well done, Brendan. Thanks. Great synopsis. An an incredible cliffhanger, but I was fuming. I was like, go on, just... Dip that camera down a bit so I can have a little look at the pictures. Well, thankfully,
3: someone on Twitter hopped on and made the most hilarious but the most informative uh what would you call it? Like graph. Yeah. Comparing yep. the photographs from the board. And I love that they're they're like photoshopped like as they were on the board. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> in onto the table. And what Jeb Mercurio did to us was basically Hastings, we're gonna presume The file taken from the AC-12 uh, drawer was Hastings. We presumed that he was KF-6. Yes. And that would be the last one because it was the last file that she took. But no, it wasn't. If we're going to go by this fabulous uh, Twitter explainer. Yes. She actually selected Dot's image. Yeah. Now... I've another thing to talk about this, right? And I've said this a couple of times. We obviously don't talk about how amazing Vicky McClure is enough on this podcast, I don't think, but it's because her character is so unlikable.
1: That's my theory There is a mystery Surrounding Kate And I feel like We just I want to know more about her And I just haven't been Given that yet Like you know the way We have our Lindsay Denton Queen
3: icon.
2: Like
1: I wouldn't call Kate
3: Queen No Amazing acting But not a queen And I've been suspicious Of her for so long And did either of you
1: Notice the look She threw Cafferty In this episode No I didn't notice that She looks down Before Cafferty Points at the picture
2: So she asks her to Which one
3: do you want to pick and then imagine imagine you're looking at a table and I go to you throw my eyes down real quick and then she goes "Oh, okay, six. Yeah, and she looks down at the one at the very edge Yeah, and that is six okay so that's I'm just putting that out there I don't know how I feel about it I don't know if it was coincidence if it was a bit of a red herring but that look happened
2: I always just thought that Kate was shit hot at her job but upon re-watching it all I think she looks shady as hell her to me cover's now. been blown loads yeah. of times like she's and, gone undercover and they're and like Your some of her mannerisms and the way she acts is very similar to the way Dot used to act.
3: I think the only reason she got the promotion over Arnett and I'm rewatching season three at the minute, just finished it. She went to some woman, I cannot remember who it was and asked for permission to investigate her own team in AC12. Do you remember this? So she was actually investigating Steve and Arnett and she had to get permission from someone I think it was like a ranking officer outside her jurisdiction or something like that. So she couldn't go to Hastings. So she was investigating this all behind his back and basically that's what brought Dot down. She uncovered loads of information. So I think Hastings was so grateful that she had done that off her own back without coming to him. That he promoted her. That he promoted her. But other than that... Her cover has been blown every single time from stupid shit. And she does just, just go in and be like, Mom, can I get you a cup of coffee? Mom, can I drive you around? Like, that's all it ever is. Like, just yeah. swinging out The people. thing
1: about this theory is that for the first time ever, it was this week that I noticed a lot of people on Twitter suspecting that Kate could be bent. Um, and here are a few different pieces yeah. of information that could point to this. Um, she was friends with Acres. Who was involved in the ambush that uh, Lindsay Denton was survived, basically? Yeah. Uh, so she was friends at Acres. She had the affair with Akers' husband and she gave a dodgy look to Jane at the end of the last episode. The affair also makes her susceptible to blackmail. Also, this is something that has always unsettled me a bit. Why did Dot save her at the end of series three? Um, there was a kind of possibility that she was having an affair with Dot, or something was blossoming, because he was in her apartment and she, and he tried to kiss her. Remember, she was like, "Let's take things slow." Yeah, yeah so they she didn't. Did, but yeah. she didn't say
3: no. This is my thing. She goes, "Let's take things slow." He and, was bringing her flowers, and, and who
2: said at the end? He threw a coffee at th- him or her, her. Said that they regretted not doing it. Didn't oh. they? In that on that final episode of season three. He said something along the lines of, oh, you know, I kind of regretted not that it never oh, happened. And she back. sort of agreed. The two of them kind of went, yeah, it never happened. But like both of us probably would have done. Basically. Sometimes
1: what I wonder is, was Kate recruited to finish what Dot had started? Fleming could be her married name. What is her maiden name? Yeah, Does that- her maiden name begin with H? Um, there's a lot that we don't know about Kate and my mother of God. Ted seems so suspicious of her this whole season. He, they are not vibing no, this season at vibing. all. Do
3: you remember his um, We Found H's Hilton party he threw in the look Kate threw and walking out of the lift? Yeah. Um, also, shout out to my sister who watched four seasons in a
1: week well and done. came up with that theory about Kate's the possible maiden name being H.
3: Amazing.
2: Shout
1: out. Uh, a guy on Twitter called Celtic Daft or it could be Celtic Daft. Okay. So he wrote this. He he suspects Kate <laughs> okay. Um We need to give him a follow-back because this is a a good point. She had an almost psychopathic disregard for her child while undercover all of those years. Did she kill the caddy to silence him? She was denied a promotion in season four. Hastings has been pressured to promote her and his looks of worry are always aimed at her in the series. Then Emma JW replied and she said, I didn't have... Sorry, she didn't have much remorse for sleeping with her mate's husband, and I've seen little to suggest that she's good at her job. How many times has her bloom and cover been blown? Must be a double bluff. Is H stand? Does H stand for her instead of oh, a my name? God. And on Twitter, another lad called Alan MacDonald says, Kate is the only member of AC12 to whom we've been introduced to who has never been under suspicion. What if she was chasing Dot to make sure that he died? He also brought up this point. Why was Jane Akers calling Kate? That was never explained. Mm-hmm. Akers was on the take. So why would she call a pal in AC12? And also, do you remember that Rich
3: Akers, the husband, knew all about Tommy Hunter and everything he like uh, play dumb but then AC twelve brought him in for an interview and Kate actually sat in and she was really disappointed in him because he knew everything. So it's not as if she was just having an affair with someone that knew something she was or someone that knew something's husband. She was having an affair with someone with a direct connection to the ambush To the OCG, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So there are there are just a few points. Now I absolutely love I do like Kate as a character. I think she looks amazing in navy this season. Her Whoever's hair, doing the wardrobe her hair is yeah. beautiful as well. Yeah. She is A strong female character, but she's complex, which is a really great thing. I think that we're only just scratching the surface of what's to come to be found out about her and her backstory. Yeah,
2: 100%. Do you want to share the theory you have...
1: Brandon, are you stripping off? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Brandon just started taking off his, uh, his like, really his,
2: slowly. His shirt. Was, okay, do you
1: want to share your theory?
2: <laughs> I wasn't trying to be sultry. I was trying to do it quietly. That's why I was <laughs> stripping off slowly. It's got really warm in this studio. It did get very warm. Yeah. Um, do you want to share your theory, Rebecca, about... What is it? Kate... Oh, okay. I just, right. signaled, I just so, did an emotion there. If I was what a writer
1: on Line of Duty, okay, do you know the way they said that Hinton. there was a couple of helmets involved oh, yeah. in that ambush? I am already, I mean, I have the shot list written out. Yes. So I can just imagine at the end of this season... There will be a flashback to that ambush involving uh,
2: Lindsay Denton, Lind-
1: Lind- Lind- Denton your favourite person in the world, after uh, myself and Hannah, of course. And <laughs> I think that the shot is going to be of someone lifting a helmet off their head or putting the helmet on before they go into the ambush. And I think that that person is going to be Kate Fleming.
3: Yeah, because we had a conversation about this because I've been re-watching the seasons kind of slowly. And after season two, I'm like, okay, so we're meant to presume that it's Prasad and Cole Mm -hmm. that did the ambush, but you never see either of those take their helmets off. And I was asking Rebecca... Do we know for sure that it's them? Was it ever confirmed? And she said no, and, and they, then yeah. tied this amazing K theory into it. And I just think that would be the coolest thing. But yeah, they, they say
1: that everyone died in the ambush apart from Lindsay, but we don't like that mightn't be true.
2: Yeah. That might um, be the case. Can we go back to Dot and a theory on him? Yeah. So the okay, so first of all, I think it's fair to say that there's been a lot of talk this week online. That maybe he's not dead.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I have two theories on Dot that I'm going to kind of tie in together. So yeah. I think there is a good chance that he's not dead. I think that the look. There's a possibility that the look that Hastings was giving to Case through the window when she was interviewing Cafferty and Cafferty pointed to Dot as being the one that recruited her was a look of panic because he knows that Dot is alive, that Dot got immunity like every other mental person in this season seems to get or show seems to get, that Dot got immunity.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
3: He knows he's alive. He's been protecting that for Dots information. And Kay and Steve may have just stumbled upon, to use the words of Alice and Pell, something bigger than them.
2: You know the way at the end of every season it wraps up you get the writing on the bottom of the screen and it tells you that such and such is retired such and such is in Love prison it. nobody turned up to Lindsay Denton's funeral so sad i always think about that like mm. we we nothing was said about dot no it we were not told
1: Brendan, if he died an or not. And that is an point. unreal point. And also, Dot says during that season that he had been connected to the OCG for his whole life, really. So, so that's another thing that... Here's another thing that I have on that right now. This is my
3: own theory and yeah. I'm actually really proud of this. Go okay? on. I think that Doss was in the Sandsview Boys home.
2: Yeah, okay. I think the same.
3: Now, me like the little detective that I am I went back and found Waldron's photo Yeah. here's the thing that I learned this week you can't screen grab Netflix it screen grabs black I was trying to screen grab this your phone yeah so I could show you guys but I found a photo and there is a lanky tall blonde boy in the front of that photo Mm. then I did some googling Craig Parkinson who plays Dot and the guy who plays Danny Waldron I can't remember his name there's about two years between them but very convincingly have been in school at the same time You know, Dot was very connected to the list. He was very connected to protecting these people that were linked to child sex abuse, which I know is unusual if he was affected. I think he's someone's son. I'm not going to say who because I don't know, but I think Mm. there's a possibility he's someone's son or there's a family connection and he was in that boy's... um, home and he said that he was he went into the police force he didn't go into the police force and then become bent he was placed into the police force to always be bent so I think there is someone much older than him pulling the strings and I think it goes all the way back to that whole Danny Waldron thing Yeah, and that's again why I think he's alive because I think this is going to come back and tie it up
2: also I this again this is another just theory that I've come up with when Kate took Dot's dying declaration yes You know, he couldn't even speak at that point because he was so dead, apparently, that he could only blink. Um, She says blink for the first letter and she races. She's like A, B, C, D, E. She races. And to me, it's totally plausible that Kate could have just gone, oh, yeah, he blinked at H. Because, you know, that would just fit her narrative for, you know, whatever story she wanted to spin. There's no visual proof of him blinking at H. He doesn't say anything. He
1: does bl- like I. Wa- I actually recently rewatched that, but he he blinks, but he could be blinking at anything. Like he's he was he's essentially dying. dying. He yeah. was shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he could have just been blinking because it everyone was an blinks. involuntary Spasm. Exactly. <laughs> it was literally invol- so. Kate. The 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 H narrative did originate with Kate.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh my god, it did. And if he's alive and she. Is involved. She's screwed if you come back H from the for dead. herring? But was the hay chairing planted by Kate? Mm. Um. Also, Craig Parkinson was actually
3: photographed on set of oh. Line of Duty season five. We know it's season five because he's photographed beside uh, Stephen Graham. So is he in it? Well. <laughs> Jed, what Jed said, Jed Mercurio tweeted out the picture and said the caddy's back from the dead to plot more mayhem. But apparently they kind of put out into the press that he was just back to visit the set.
2: okay.
3: Now. Very plausible that he was back to visit the set in mm-hmm. Belfast on a different island li- from the island that he lives on. Was it Liverpool. in Liverpool? yeah. Okay. Plausible that he was there for the crack, but also equally plausible that the mastermind behind all of these lies could have put a lie out into the world that he was just visiting the set when in fact he's very much alive and coming back.
1: And Jed tweeted that in October of last year, so he was trolling us before. Well, he knows we we're even, all psycho. Exactly. And be going back through, you went back through. I his did. I was like, that. "Where does that picture originate from?" And it's almost like it's like you know, people like maybe it's photoshopped, and then eventually we found the tweet. I saw someone. Uh, had It kind of makes me it. feel like
2: like Dot is dead though, because he wouldn't tweet. But I go back from the dead. I feel, I feel for me now. That's like, oh no, he is actually dead.
1: I know, but is is Ted just double bluffing the bluff? You know, um,
3: another theory I want to talk about this week is uh, Jill Bigelow being bent.
2: Yeah she's an Love icon her. isn't she
3: she's so sexy not mad into the new
2: hair now Jill I, mean, I don't know sorry. how
3: Ted said no oh, seriously oh, he is—he is, was a married attractive. man he takes it very seriously to the I letter of the law Rebecca sorry um, she's very <laughs> attractive now if you don't remember she is the AC12 department lawyer from season 3 so she's not got the same job now no because mm-hmm. Ted threatened her she was
2: kind of HR-y then wasn't she
3: listen to these dodgy things she was doing when I watched a back. Tell, tell us more one. she doesn't want anything to be them. uncovered that one no she doesn't she pressured Hastings into letting Waldron and his team go back to um, active duty, which resulted in Waldron's murder the very next day. She stopped. Go on, Jill. Well done. <laughs> well done. The AC12 lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She stopped Ted arresting the team after Waldron's death, so didn't want an investigation into why he died. Mm-hmm. Okay, problem. <laughs> She tries to get Hastings to hand over his files on Fairbanks to the official authorities. She basically says, you know, you're AC-12, you shouldn't be, like, investigating child sex abuse scandals. And then she says, you can do it through me if you like.
1: Oh, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Still.
3: My God. So he kind (laughs) of says... Yeah, all right, love. Goes behind her back, does what he wants anyway. Then she comes marching into his office, um, throws the bucket and basically says, the reason I didn't want you investigating that is because we all know you're a mason. Uh, you were in that Masonic Lodge with Fairbank and Dale Roach, which is actually really dodgy for um, Hastings as well as her. It is. Um, Hastings says the individuals involved in the child sex abuse hired Jill so she has not a leg to stand on and she can get out of his office and if he's not lucky, she's getting him fired or he's getting her fired. And another thing that she did in that season was gave tastings a doctored file about Ronan Murphy who was the very first guy that yeah. Waldron shot dead. Now, yes. it turned out that that doctored file came from Doss and that he doctored it and that was another dodgy thing that he did to cover it all up. But she still handed it. She is that lawyer. She handed it to Hastings. She is involved in all of this and it just doesn't look very good.
2: And she's said through. And now she's back. Yeah, yeah. she said through a number Stop. of seasons that she's like, oh, we, we know corruption's there, but. We don't want to find too much of it in case, you know, people don't trust us anymore. And she basically said the same thing mm. at the start of this episode as well. And
1: then I'm like, you know, is she almost a recruiter in, her, in herself? Because she wants to have the affair with Ted. And while Adrian Dunbar, uh, listen, he is an attractive man, especially when he wears that lovely coat. He's a very attractive do you one. think that she was almost trying to have the affair with them to have something on him that she could use to make him corrupt? Ah. I
3: wouldn't trust this one now as far as I could throw her. And when I see her sitting <laughs> in that office, <laughs> when I seen her sitting in that office with the new hair and everything I said we're in for drama with her this season
2: I'd say herself now and Alison Powell would uh, oh. clash oh. there'd be a clash of personalities there two
3: powerful female leads either a clash or they're out for espresso martinis every Thursday do you know mm. that way yeah yeah. watch that space. or maybe they'd be out for
2: the espresso martinis and then have a clash Jill
3: Bigelow's <laughs> back
1: with the bang and a lovely curly blow dry yeah um, what other theories do you have for us, Reb? Um, oh, yeah. So, you know the messaging software that was on TED's screen?
2: Yeah. yeah uh, that MSN. we were talking
1: about earlier, MSN part, uh, MSN 2.0. Um, well, the thing about that software is some people are speculating that it is a TED Herring <laughs> Credit to whoever thought of that. Now, that honestly, I nearly choked on her-
3: on a Sunday night when I was looking back
1: at Twitter and someone said that. Dead incredible, iconic. So, um, someone on Twitter actually, his name is A Ferguson nine nine nine. He tweeted about this. Right, please. I, I know it sounds very, or he could be a fan of Sir Alex Ferguson. Anyway, he says in the two images, the messaging software on the left, which is. Crypt Convo V3.2. Wow. Uh, it has a yellow icon for the connection and a red hang-up icon. The software on Ted's laptop does not have the yellow icon, just a red hang-up icon and no green and red icons on the right. So what he's saying is basically it's not the same software. It's just Jed trying to okay. throw in a Ted here. I love
2: the people just stare at this so closely. So
1: do I. But you know what? I just think Jed... He's too clever
3: for that, isn't he? He never lies to us. That's the thing. No, he doesn't. He'll give you a fact and the fact may turn out to be very true but doesn't matter at the end of it. But he yeah. never gives us
1: lies just for the sake of... And another theory, right, about Hastings is that, is is he being set up? So Phil Garth on Twitter says, it's too obvious for Hastings to be H. That, that's not the writing style of Line of Duty. The retired Fed rep who was... Uh, Roz, used to work with Roz Huntley oh, yeah. offering him... To, offered to help him with his debt is the first step of the real hate trying to blackmail him and make him corrupt and then he goes is this this is this it on Twitter someone else replied to this and they go remember Jackie Laverty from series one Brandon you love her Icon. wasn't she involved in money laundering through the building development trade how did Ted lose all his money again through a dodgy building development
2: Jesus Christ. We
1: need to get cameras in this studio specifically on Brandon's face when he hears it. Seriously? So that so was good. from Is This It on Twitter.
2: Well, I um, couldn't agree more. Caitlin Amy, I hope I'm it getting your name right, um, uh, sends an email from Australia. Go on. <gasps> um, she says Ted has to be H. We already know he's having financial difficulties. So it makes sense that the OCG would have bribed him. If Kate is already DI, she'd be the first in line to replace Hastings if he goes to prison. I think Hastings will still play a big role in seasons to come because he'll have a lot of info. So he won't be completely written out of the show. We all love him too much for that to happen.
1: And there is, there was that shot from the trailer of him behind bars. Him behind bars. Yeah.
3: Now, will I just float a theory I have here oh, now? go on. Go on. I'll just put it out there. Is there a possibility that H is Hastings, okay, or that H is the UCO and that it planted right at the top to control the OCGs and that computer, that logging gets passed around different kinds of heads, top dogs in the police, kind of like you're on call, you're on the computer tonight, you're on the computer tonight, replying back to them, letting them know, putting things in place, but Mm. always in control. That's what I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's totally possible. What about h being Hastings or Kate or somebody, and that they are calling all of these shots and that and that officers have been killed, but that it turns out that h is actually doing bad to do good and that there is somebody above H again. Yeah. Do do you know what I mean?
3: I think it's going to be one of them where it ends up being Hastings or he's involved in some way but like John Corbett it looks so bad but he's doing good. He's
2: doing it for the better, yeah. We
3: put a poll up on Twitter on Sunday night actually and asked you guys if you think Ted is bent. I think we had about 900 people responded which is absolutely deadly so thanks a million. 10% think he is as bent as they come. And 90% think uh, not our Ted, never.
2: Yeah.
1: I know. I really hope it isn't Ted, but he Ooh. could be involved in some It's not going to be as black and white, I don't Absolutely think. Absolutely. Nothing ever is, my love.
2: So last week, we questioned if Ted's wife might have been H. Mm. So this week, when I watched, and they met in the bar Another to talk gorgeous about... Another Yeah, haircut. Yeah. yeah to, talk the, to talk in the... They met in the bar to talk about the divorce. And... I feel like her telling him that she's met someone new is not being left there just purely for divorce reasons. Who has she met? I think whoever Muppet. she's met. What about Nigel Morton?
1: Oh, oh shit. And God. him on the pension
2: Yep. He could wear her with a bit of cash. So And the dodgy leg. And the gammy leg I think. around
1: with a yeah. stick.
2: Yeah. Oh. So my he God. was let off on a full pension and was last seen still taking bribes for information,
3: selling information to the press. That was his whole okay, job. Yeah, he sold the story about Hilton's penalty points to the press. Yeah, that kickstarted all and of he that. he Still drama. has that phone. I Hannah. thought he did, but oh, he does doesn't. He not. I thought okay. he did, but he does not. So he had he's
2: phones. he's gone, but not forgotten. And the only bit of like quick googling that he's I did online right this week. Bob, well. <laughs> Bob <Bought, laughs> the Builder.
3: I got a problem? <laughs> yeah, you
2: do. Um, so the only bit of one I did this week um, was, I went onto the the, the the Line of Duty website on the BBC. Yes. And they have like, you know, boxes of pr- the profiles of like all the characters. And the ones that are still current are, so you know, you've got like Kate and Steve and Ted. And then you've got ones like Lindsay Denton uh, that are shadowed out. And Dot is shadowed out as well. Mm. But Nigel Morton's one is still in full colour. Oh, DI Brentonite! Oh, have I been promoted from TS? Did you like your golf tees by the way? Yesterday,
1: oh my God! Walked into work this morning and I was like, oh, that's so weird. Someone has a letter on my desk. I don't get post very often because you know we live in a digital world. to get the email to DI Rebecca. So I looked at it, right? DI Rebecca Shackleton. I mean, I was a bit suspicious, right? As you would be, me and my detective skills. Opened it up. What was inside, Hannah? When you opened yours? Oh, a golf
3: tee. It's there are photographs up on the Twitter at Shrine of Judy. If you want to see it look of <laughs> look at him laughing to himself. Anyway, fraud, I thought you were dying for it to come in. Were I you was, like so I was.
1: I was in the office before Hannah got in, so I didn't I want to have. post it into our Shrine of Judy. I love that you are like, oh, shut up! You are in before me. I know what it. No, because you are going to slag me off and not <laughs> get the new one. <laughs> so I, I didn't I want, did want not to. Not it. What's <laughs> what's I didn't want to post it in the Shrine of Judy I WhatsApp group to ruin it as well oh yeah so I was like oh here I won't ruin it on Hannah but like I kind of knew straight away who it was just because of the handwriting you know anyway I looked through my notebook at my desk and I scrolled back a bit and I do remember a certain someone writing a few things in my notebook right I did a handwriting analysis of the two <laughs> a comparison study and it was a 100% match so didn't I text Brendan straight away I said ha 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 hey, H ch- kiss kiss you know anyway so I knew it was Brendan straight away. Hannah got in the door,
3: so dope comes in. Then
1: <laughs> I mean, I was like, to "Her who? Do, who else in this office loves line of duty that we talk to every week for an hour and release it?" <laughs> my, fa- my face is blank. He was literally like, oh, I don't know who it would be. Maybe it's like, you're like, oh, maybe it's Gavin. I was like, just even watch Line of Duty.
2: More chance of it being Gavin's dad. My the innocence
3: drink. went straight to, oh, how exciting. Someone's put it on all of our desks. So I thought you got one too, Brenda. No. But it just goes to show you can't trust anyone.
1: You can't trust anyone. Any, anyway, and Hannah pre- had like a subplot. She was like, it could be this person who was here, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Thinking outside the box. Anyway, you got promoted to
3: what was it? DSI. DI. Yeah. yeah, so I have to start calling her mom now because I'm <laughs> an idiot.
1: Go on, make me a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, for God's sake.
2: <laughs> right, we any more thoughts or theories?
1: Um, um, we do have a few. Uh, another person oh yeah, emailed I us. Uh, his name is Lewis Bryant. He emailed us a, like incredibly detailed email all about how Lisa is an undercover officer. Um, so he wrote... I'm here for this. Lisa yeah, is same. being underestimated by everyone. She's a long-standing OCG member. She's, you know, she's getting abused from her peers because of her gender. And that could explain the scared behavior in episode one. She can lie through her teeth convincingly, as we have seen in the nurse's uniform. She's in contact with H on the computer.
2: I'm sorry why are you laughing sorry Hannah made me a cup of tea before we started this and I didn't drink <laughs> it and then I saw it and I was like oh I feel really bad for not drinking it and I picked it, I picked it up and I went to sip it and she just looked at me and went do not drink that it looks disgusting
1: did it have a skin on it yeah, yeah. absolutely got a skin I was like what are you doing I screaming at you in mean, my condition absolutely now back to Lewis Bryant's email he also said uh, there's anger at John for using the docks to dispose of Manit's body that suggests connections to previous bodies there but John most likely did this to send a message to AC12. Anyway, Lewis is on to... Lisa being an undercover officer, you know, we saw her being shaky. She's very suspicious of John, but we might be, you know, we could be thinking that's it could be led to believe that that's because she is a a career criminal and she's on to him for being a rat. But it could be because she's looking for a a moment to, to kind of fledge an alliance together. Do you know what I mean? I just think that she's suspicious of John because she notices things that only police people would do with him. Yeah. She's definitely a career criminal because she's been
3: in it since the start. And I think Ryan is back in this season to show us maybe a comparison of someone that started young and grew up through it. And I think she definitely did. But there's nothing to say she wasn't recruited as a criminal given immunity as they literally yeah. hand out for free from AC12 and recruited that way.
1: I have another theory about Ryan, guys. Okay. So was did anyone else find this funny? I find this hilarious when they're talking about um, <laughs> the officer who's at the phone box and... You know, who he is and all that. And uh, yeah, really nice bomber jacket. Very Mm, Brendan, wasn't it? Very me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely from All Saints. (laughs) Anyway, so when Ryan is asked who is the police officer uh outside the phone box trying to trace Manite's last, you know, steps or whatever, Ryan goes, Oh, it's uh Arnold. I just kept thinking of like it's too close almost. I'm like, is Ryan undercover? Just because like, do you remember? You know, if you're on holidays when you're younger, and you'd like go to Portugal or something, and you go to the markets, so and they'd have like all the air taxes, Tony Hill figure, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, oh, it's oh. Arnold or something like that he's real straight and I'm like mm, Ryan that was a bit dodgy now are yeah. you an undercover officer because he was having burgers with some of the remember in the first yeah, season I like that I really I wonder like is that. Ryan now is that a bit of a Ted Herring you know I've got two more quick ones um, Hargreaves and Sam just want to bring
3: them up really quickly Hargreaves is obviously a hate he's obviously really dodgy no attempts to hide how horrible he is to absolutely everyone he's back on the case now they were major violent crimes but I think are they murder squad now they're a new department, the two of them. Okay. And Sam is um, Arnett's ex. <gasps> yes. Yes. She left him when he was arrested when Cotton set him up in season three. And mm. now she's trying to claw her way back in, but bitch, he's moved on. Um, Phil J on Twitter says Hate has got to be DCS Hargrave's head of major crime. He was friends with Dryden. Remember in season two, he didn't want AC12 having evidence, uh, having evidence to the burnt out car. Murder Squad's Les Hargreaves reappeared in the season five premiere. He's a senior police officer, and is called H. Bit suspicious. Then, um, with Sam, Hargreaves is her boss. In the end of season four, Jamie finds out that Hilton is involved. He jumps up, uh, he jumps off to tip him off when the jig is up.
1: And then a shot
3: shows she jumps up just as fast.
1: So I was, uh, my boyfriend started watching Line of Judy and uh, he was on season four last week and I kind of came in with me past and sat down. I was like, I might as well watch this, you know, get a bit of a refresher. And it was the, the very final episode when, when they realized that Hilton is, is the top dog or what they thought. Yeah. When they find that out, when they're questioning Roz Huntley, I think it was Roz Huntley, um, or else uh, her lawyer, what was his mm-hmm. name? The, ball- the guy who was always going on about the Balaclava men who revealed that he was uh, her oh, husband's yeah, lawyer. The lawyer and the dodgy lawyer. Oh, Jimmy Lakewell. That's yes. exactly it. So and once, been, yeah. once Hilton's mentioned, right, it's when you realise that Jamie is bent because Jamie jumps up and he's the one who tips Hilton off. Yeah. But when I rewatched that scene... Jamie and Sam both jumped up at the same time. Yeah. And And I wonder why is she back in the series? Why is she kissing Steve being like, oh, only on the hairs of your chinny chin chin. Yeah. She's trying to get back in and she gave, there was this ominous look when she was walking by, like walking out of that car. She kind of looked back Mm. and it wasn't just like, oh, we kissed. Maybe there's something there. It wasn't like any hope. It was dodgy there was something dodgy about that look
2: also Steve didn't pop any pills in this episode he seemed to be grand with the back the back
3: was alright yeah. this week yeah he does and can we please go back to a minute for them Reef and Cafferty out of the bed into AC12 oh. onto a plastic chair not a bother on she her was she was fine wasn't she she <laughs> couldn't move when your one Lisa came into the, be- uh, yeah. into the bedroom the first time um,
2: ok I've got two or three more quick thoughts and theories from people uh, the mellers on Twitter uh, say that uh, Cotton recruited Cafferty before he was uncovered so That would explain that even, you know, if he's dead, she still could have pointed to that picture. It could be Dot. But, yeah, but there might be much more. But he more. is dead, yeah. Um, Sinead Kyo sent us an email and says, uh, Don't think Hastings is hate but it's becoming increasingly difficult to deny he's any involvement. Uh, the man who called to his hotel saying he could help him with his financial difficulties is a fraud. Feel like he's involved with the gang who also helped that other police officer with yes, his gambling Sinead. debt and then manipulated him. Um, this is how they're going to lure Hastings into working with the drug gang. Sinead also says, I think that it's more than a coincidence that Jackie Laverty icon. <laughs> was involved in dodgy property and that Hastings lost all his money through investing in property. Mm, I'm not sure how that ties in but I have a feeling that we'll find out where Jackie's body is in this series.
1: Yes, Sinead. I She's coming out that breather.
2: One quick final shout out and it's not really a thought or a theory but it's the furthest uh, away email we've got. (laughs) Yes. Shout out to Jeannie or Ginny I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, A lot of her email refers to points from last week's show uh, but her email is the furthest one away we've received so far 12,500 kilometres away. So thank you for listening from the Falklands.
1: Amazing. Some smaller characters to keep an eye on. Tatleen. Quite a few people suggest that she could be a bit dodgy. Uh, They're saying that on Twitter. Alison Powell we know you really like her, Brendan, but John said that she wa- she had him chasing small fry mm. and that she was scared that he'd uncover the truth. Yes. And then Ted's wife, as we said earlier, the new fella, question mark.
3: That scene where Kate led um the officers into Alison
1: Powell's office to take over Operation Paratroop. Oh, yeah, that was what? so deadly, See, wasn't that's it? that's Kate at her best. Yeah, she is a leader, she's like, but I just this, wonder bitch. which side she's leading. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Um, okay, so that is it for this week's Shrine of Judy. Just four more seats until Line of Judy, episode three. In the meantime, you can keep yourself occupied on our Twitter and Instagram accounts, both at Shrine of Judy. We'll, of course, be live tweeting next the next episode on Sunday Brendan I think you're up
2: it's my, my turn
3: oh I'm going to um, to do the
1: recap next week bloody hell
3: <laughs> you can email us uh, in the meantime your thoughts <laughs> and theories to shrineofjudy at gmail.com and if you feel so inclined fellas you can give us a rate and review on
1: Apple Podcasts oh, we'd really appreciate it anything else you guys want to say no there isn't a trailer for next week's episode yet but if you're bored you can go on the BBC website right (laughs) and you can talk to H directly I did it earlier
2: oh on the dodgy MSN chat on
1: the MSN it's actually a bot that's Built in with Facebook Messenger. A really great creative team they have in BBC. It's actually a really good idea. Were you anyway, trying to flirt with us? I was like, hey hon. And I wrote a kiss and everything. George
2: jacket. Literally.
1: I was like, how are you? How's everything? He, so the bot, he or she, we don't know, right, asks you a few questions about the previous week's episode. Right. And eventually, because I got them right, because I'm a DI now, he sent me a <laughs> yes, little Mom. clip. Little clip of next week's episode. Oh, come on. I haven't seen this. I'm sweating. <laughs> well, I tell you. So... I answered a few of the questions correctly. At one point, the bot threw a bit of shade at me. He said, you're not as stupid as you look. (laughs) I was like, my God, Adrian Dunbar, if it's you. (laughs) Anyway, so this is the clip. Now, it isn't as exciting as what we got in the trailer last week, but it is a clip, right? It shows John Corbett slash Clayton chatting to the OCG, planning a raid at Eastfield Depot. Eastfield Depot is the depot from the very first episode and it's
3: where they keep all the like contraband. The, yeah,
2: all the confiscated drugs and stuff. And those yes.
3: ambushes are trucks coming from Eastfield where they keep trying to destroy things and, and John Corbett's gang he's ambushing them and taking it.
1: And that's exactly what they're going to do next week. He explains that the depot was used by three police forces to store all of the good stuff they use in evidence and is one of the most securely guarded facilities in the area. John says that there's a couple dozen automatic rifles from last week's job that Will help them get the firepower to get inside, but no one will die. Then Ryan pipes up, right, and he goes, "Oh, there's a routine pickup, and they have a driver involved." John then reveals that the high level of the OCG have bent coppers in their pocket, so it's all organised, right? Now this is where it gets interesting. Lisa pipes up now, right, and she questions John. Mm-hmm. She goes, "You just said we had the firepower, do you know what I mean?" She's like, mm, "You just said we had the firepower," and then John quickly responds and he says, "Right." He says they need time to load the lorry and the best way to do that is to get in quietly and they can meet the inside men. So it's another thing. Is John as clever as he thinks he is? Lisa is on to him. Yeah, she's on to him. She is and all will be revealed on BBC One this Sunday at 9pm.
2: It's the polo necks and the, and the blazer that throws me off though. She looks suspicious in a polo neck and a blazer. Mm, she really does, doesn't she? It's just the outfit. She if she changed her clothes I wouldn't even consider her. Well I guess mm. we'll
1: tune in on Sunday to find out.
2: We will find out. And in
1: the meantime you can chat to H on the the BBC website and uh, have a little chat with them but he might insult you so beware <laughs> I was sitting here earlier on okay, looking at the Twitter notifications and some guy tweeted <laughs> us his name is Andrew James and he was like Shrine of Duty look what I did here so I was like right this is a bit suspicious this is very interesting clicked onto the link you have
2: my attention
1: he has set up a little blog page. No. Which is part, it's like a sub-series on his website called Dine of Duty, right? No. So basically, he comes up with recipes for people to try <laughs> and eat while they're being gripped by the BBC drama. So the first dish was last week's dish. It was a chilli con carne, right? Apparently, Dot gave uh, Kate a bit of chilli con carne in one episode so he decided <laughs> to come up with the recipe for it. Oh, so anyway, Dine of Duty.
2: Love that.
3: Absolutely
2: brilliant. Oh, I Does he mean, have the vegan options?
1: Oh sorry he actually oh, did rise. He would you a vegan. He's d- a, a vegan. He wrote down at the end of the uh, recipe because I went through it all cuz like, it looked actually like it looks quite nice. Like Andrew's obviously a he's a obviously a chef con. or like a food enthusiast. Uh, at the end it's like <laughs> Aren't we all? Absolutely. <laughs> at the end of the uh of the thing he's like oh you can swap this out for corn Brendan,
3: there you are now, Brendan, who gave me a lecture
2: <laughs> on his vegan. new
3: staunch <laughs> vegan. Who gave me a lecture on his new diet and I'd say about fifteen minutes later I went into the kitchen and working and is, milling into a Philadelphia. I was like, Brendan, is that vegan Philadelphia? I didn't know they brought that out. He couldn't even
1: look at me. <laughs> oh, fake vegan.
0: Shrine of Duty. There's only one thing I'm interested in. And one thing only, and that's Bent covers. Shrine of Duty. The official, unofficial podcast.